Okay, real quick. If you're a business owner that wants to stand out in the market and expand your custom base, I'd love to send you a copy of my free ebook. Visit our website at danielleclark.uk to get your copy now or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to Build Better Brands. I'm Danielle Clark and this show is here to provide insights, techniques and strategies to help you establish a better brand with confidence and clarity. We're on a mission to help as many people as possible start and build stronger brands so they can create happier, healthier lives for themselves and those around them. Hey, it's Danielle here. We do talk about suicide in this episode, which I know can be distressing. So if you need resource or support, please go to samaritans.org or call 116-123. Please take care of yourself. Welcome to another episode of Build Better Brands. I'm your host, Danielle Clark, and today we are joined by Ben Gallagher. Ben is a veteran. He's also an athlete. He's an explorer and a keynote speaker. And Ben suffered life-changing injuries um, while serving for the British Army. And now he's taking his experiences the way that he's overcome lots and lots of challenges and using them to inspire lots of people that suffer adversity and struggle and um, sharing these important lessons about how you overcome them. So welcome to the show, Ben. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me on. It's good to have you on. And for those listening today, I just want to tell them actually that me and Ben have known each other for a very, very long time. <laughs> Very long time, yeah. <laughs> a really, really long time. Because <laughs> we actually went to school together, didn't we? We did, yes, we um, did. And spent many a time in lots of classes together as well. <laughs> yeah, I've just, my mind's just gone back to a particular <laughs> graphics lesson. I won't go into detail. <laughs> <laughs> it still makes me giggle now when I think back. I need to, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've got, a yearbook or something where where we talk in particular about that lesson um yeah to dig that out but yeah lots and lots of good times and you know we lost touch for a bit but we're back in touch now and we've both had lots of things happen life has happened life's thrown all sorts of stuff at us and I'm just so so happy to have you on the show to just share what you've been up to and where you are now with building your public speaking and your business. But um, I just kind of want to start at the beginning, really. You know, your your journey from facing some really life-changing injuries after serving in the army and now you're achieving, doing these record-breaking challenges and you were in the Invictus Games and I just, I watch you and I'm like, wow, can you just... Take us back to the moments when post-injury and share how how have you developed this this resilience, this optimism and, and determination? Where's it come from? So I'll go back to the, the incident and, and when my life actually changed. So as you say, while serving in the British Army, um, I had a very successful military career and literally did what the military sells itself to do, deployed worldwide on operational tours and exercises, embraced lots of courses that the military throws at you, sport and adventurous training, 
uh, and really embraced military life and and did and did well in within my military career. But unfortunately, in January 2019, while serving in the British Army, whilst on active duty, I was involved in an incident where I received multiple gunshot wounds to my upper torso and blast and fragmentation injuries to both arms, which obviously, you know, as you say, life-changing injuries caused me caused me a lot of issues, a bad day at the office, I like to call it, to say the least. Yeah, back in June 2019, I was involved in an incident and, uh, and then went on to spend five weeks in hospital. Um, I had seven major surgeries whilst I was in hospital, uh, the longest one was about 14 hours, and that was to reconstruct my left arm uh, from the elbow down um, with tendon, nerve, and skin grafts. Um, just because I was missing so many parts of my arm, um, the surgeon had to take bits from my legs, uh, and they used uh, a full thickness skin graft um, from my right, right quad um, to rebuild part of my forearm on my left arm and my sural nerve out on my left ankle um, because my median nerve had been damaged uh, eight inches across my radial nerve had gone it had been severed at my elbow uh, and then like I said a number of tendons were damaged um, in, in within the, the sort of uh, blast and fragmentation injuries that I, I sustained so five weeks in hospital managed to get back on my feet and get moving for myself again and and start started to engage with some physio and rehab whilst I was in hospital but I needed to get out of hospital. Five weeks was far too long. I was confined to a room um, in a ward um, that wasn't very pleasant. And I didn't like being so confined and, and having been such an outdoorsy, sporty person beforehand, I just wanted to get back to doing stuff again. Um, so what should have been a 10-week hospital admission, um, I was discharged after five weeks and then underwent eight months of full-time rehab. Uh, Monday to Friday, pretty much eight till five every day, I was engaged in some form of rehab. Uh, and, and the main element of the rehab was to get my hand functioning again. So I left hospital with about 3% function in my left wrist and fingers. Um, so I had no hardly any movement there. And the whole point of the rehab was to get me functioning again and get me back to some element of good fitness, um, but also to get my arm working again in normal daily activities and I'm right-handed. So it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't a major milestone thing to reach because I was right-handed and my right hand didn't, uh, wasn't affected as much, but it, but it was, you know, a vital part of daily life. We use our hands for a lot of things. Um, so getting it working again and getting it functioning again was, was really important. So I spent eight months in full-time rehab, and like I said, that was a, a whole mix of, you know, full, getting back to fitness and, and getting my arm functioning again. Um, I then tried to return to work and tried to be a soldier again back in January, sort of end of January 2020. And I got upgraded to to return to work and to try and be the soldier that I was before. Unfortunately, I went away on exercise and I wasn't the soldier that I I could have been I, you know, I, I wasn't the soldier that I was pre-injury uh, and I couldn't be that soldier again. Um, and part that was partly due to the physical element of the injuries, but also the mental side of things uh, re I really suffered with quite badly. Uh, a lot of us will recall um, that time of the year was the start of pandemic for COVID. Um, so I returned back from the exercise early, uh, and that was obviously for those two reasons. One was I wasn't coping out there both physically and mentally myself, um, but also due to the 
possibility of going into lockdown um, due to this this COVID that was going around. And then on my return home, I uh, I went out for a run. Um, and and back then, at the back end of my rehab, um, I was getting back into running again and and enjoying being in the outdoors and and that element of things again. And I and I also used it as a bit of a a bit of a sort of mind reset and get out get outdoors and 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 the opportunity to just reset. But I also used it as a punishment. So when I was physically feeling okay to go out for a run, but mentally I was broken, I would go and push myself really hard in a run to try and physically punish myself, to try and take away what was going on mentally. And this one day, um, specifically 10th of February, I went out for a run in the afternoon. I was quite emotional that day. I was quite mentally broken. Uh, And I went out and did a really hard, hard um, 10K run. And then I remember coming home, and I didn't wrap my arm up. My arm was frozen, freezing cold. The blood flow was really poor. The nerve pain was horrendously horrible. It was just disgusting. And I thought, I'm going to try and get in the shower and I'm just going to try and rinse it all away and just, just try and reset. And I got in the shower and I just broke down on the floor. I remember collapsing on the floor in the shower. And I was like, this is it. I'm done. I've had enough with life. And I sat at the dinner table that night and I attempted to take my own life. And fortunately for me, I woke up the next morning and I woke up the next morning because I'd, I was that broken and I was that committed to taking the pain away that I fortunately drank a bottle of whiskey too quickly. Um, and that bottle of whiskey had gone in about 15, 20 minutes, if that. And obviously then I became intoxicated very quickly, which meant I couldn't do anything following that. I don't remember anything after that. Um, so I could have tried to attempt to, to do something, but because I drank this whiskey so quickly, it knocked me out. And then my partner came uh, and, and got me and my dad came down from his house and collected me and took me back to his house. And I woke up the next morning uh, very disorientated in my in my father's home, but I was given a second opportunity. Some could say a third opportunity after what I'd been through um, with the incident. But that then really gave me this moment where I realized how quickly I could have lost everything, how quickly I could have lost Kate, how quickly I could have lost everything I'd achieved through my military career, uh, how quickly I could have lost my children, uh, how quickly, you know, my children could have lost their dad uh, and a whole plethora of other things that could have Mm. could have been lost just through that silly, silly moment. And then that really sparked a journey then where I went on to pursue some really cool things. Yeah, um, yeah. And let's start talking about them. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that story. I think it's an important topic and it's important to talk about mental health. And I appreciate that, you know, you've been through some real trauma, but your honesty and your transparency is, I just really respect you for it. And, you know, mental health is something that's that's very close to my heart. I lost someone very close to me to to suicide. So, you know, I get it. I get how important it is. And, and that's uh, another reason why I wanted to get you on the show. So thanks for that. Now, there's this balance, right, between physical and mental well-being. And that's kind of at the core of your journey, right? And very, very recently, you you participated in the Invictus Games. And I know that that's really significant and important to your story. What did representing the UK at the Invictus Games this year in, you know, 2023, what did that mean to you both personally 
as an advocate for mental health and in terms of the physical side, how did you prepare for something like that physically? The Invictus Games is phenomenal for what it offers and what it does. Um, so there's a number of elements to to being part of Team UK for the Invictus Games or being part of any nation's team and going to the Invictus Games. But we've all got a common uh, common theme. We've all been physically or mentally injured during our time serving our countries. Um, so there's a lot of respect there in terms of what that brings. But in terms of the Invictus Games itself, it, it allows you to test yourself again. It allows you to be around like-minded people. We all lost that connection when we were medically discharged from the military. Um, so we all lost that that comradeship, that humour and humility, that the banter that that flows through you know through <laughs> through the military environment. You get all that back again, but you also get the sporting element as well. So you can try new sports, you can rekindle old flames for sports that you used to enjoy. Um, and it's all in a supervised environment. It's all with fantastic coaches. So the, the journey started uh, at the back end of last year, 2022, uh, where I went along and did some pre-training camps. Um, this was before team announcement. Uh, and you can go along and you can have a try at some sports, have a go at some sports that you used to do, uh, and just get a feel for what, if you were to go to the Invictus Games, what you would go and compete in. Um, so I previously used to race triathlon whilst I was in the army, but I had to go at cycling. I struggled to get on a bike um, post-injury because of my injuries. I'd used a rowing machine as part of my training. Uh, everyone uses, or most people use a row machine when you go to the gym, some form of workout or warm up or whatever it may be, uh, but was horrendous at it. <laughs> um, so, but, but a row machine was there, you know, indoor rowing was one of the sports I had to go archery, never done archery before. And it's a very technical sport, but I had to go at that really enjoyed that table tennis. What else did I try? Wheelchair basketball, uh, sitting volleyball. There was a whole ho oh, host of sports yeah, that you could go and have a uh, and have a try at. And I set myself a, a little bit of a goal, and I was like, right, one thing is, I want I want a new sport, and I want something to to get back into. So the two sports that I picked to, to go to the games was uh, cycling and rowing, indoor rowing. And and for those reasons that I just mentioned, I, I found it difficult getting back on a bike post-injury for the simple fact that I unclip with my left foot. And those cyclists out there that are listening in will understand what I mean. But I unclip on my left side and my major injuries are to my left arm. So I had a fear and an embarrassment side of things of getting to a set of traffic lights <laughs> and trying to unclip on my left foot tipping over. and tipping over. <laughs> yeah. But also tipping onto my arm that doesn't function properly. Yeah. So not only would I look silly trying to fall off a bike, but I also probably would have caused further damage to my left arm, mm. which doubly wouldn't have helped. So it was great to to pursue that and get back on a bike again. And indoor rowing, like I said, was just something I used as part of part of the gym, uh, part of a routine and a workout. But it was something that I'd picked up and ended up being quite good at. And I entered the British Rowing Indoor Championships in 2020 uh, and the Festival of Indoor Rowing in 2022. And I medal placed and got British records in those races through no coaching, through no training. So I thought there was an opportunity there to develop in a new sport. So they were the two things that I applied for and applied to be a competitor for Team UK and got selected at the start of this year and then went on through a series of training camps ahead of the Games. And then... Like you said, the atmosphere at the games was absolutely amazing. Everyone's so helpful, supportive. 
um, regardless of whether you're first or you're last, it's about partaking and getting involved. And it's about, I called it the golden memories. It wasn't about the golden medals. It was about the golden memories that everyone took from there. Seeing people get PBs, seeing people that have, you know, there's, there was, um, a girl part of team UK who struggled to get in a swimming pool. You know, she, she had a fear of swimming, but part of her journey, she had a, she had a little boy and she wanted to be able to swim to take her little boy swimming. Mm. So to see her develop through her swimming and the training that she was given and the coaching and just having the team around there to support her to then dive in the swimming pool at the games and swim, you know, was just amazing. It was phenomenal. Um, so it's those things that were just the golden moments that were just phenomenal. I love that term, golden moments. And and that's what it is. It wasn't about it wasn't about the medals. Um, you know, they're just they're just a nice to have, a nice little reward for doing well at something. But it was more about the golden memories and the memories that Team UK and Team UK from 2023 will talk about for years and years to come. Yeah, and it was pretty phenomenal. And you you did all right, didn't you, at these games? You missed that <laughs> bit. Come on. Well, I was I was coming on to that now. Okay. I was coming on to that now. Okay. So I'll keep it short and sweet. I won't <laughs> hop on too long. To follow those two sports through, uh, I ended up doing four events, two for each sport. And I'll start with cycling. So cycling, as I said, was something I was passionate about before. It's great to get back on a bike again. And I the two events that I did for cycling was a time trial, which I finished fifth overall. Uh, and a criterium cycle race um, for those that don't know is a, a a race a road race that can be very technical or can be very fast uh, and I ended up finishing third place and I got a bronze medal in the crit race um, for oh, the cycling yeah. event which was pretty cool and then indoor rowing uh, something that I've picked up and became very passionate about um, to to the point that for, you know five months ago I took to the water for the first time and picked up um, a rowing blade or an oar uh, and started rowing on the water. But I went to the games and did two events at the games, one minute sprint event um, on the indoor row machine where I finished 11th, 12th overall out of almost 100 competitors, which was pretty phenomenal. And I finished first uh, in the men's open uh, four-minute endurance race where I got a gold medal, uh, which would just topped it off for me, which was just amazing. So, yeah, pretty phenomenal and pretty amazing achievement. Fantastic achievements. Absolutely incredible. Your journey to have been where you've been and to have had such dark days and dark times. And I'm sure you still have difficult days, right? I don't I don't think I think when things happen to us, I think people think maybe you get to a point and that's it. And you always have good days. It's not linear. It's up and down, both physically and mentally, because those scars still there but to have overcome so much and done that is just like the sheer resilience and discipline that you must have is amazing and and that's what you're starting to to do now right you're you're taking those learnings you're you're taking your your experiences and and you're putting them to really good use through through your talks and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about next really is this Ben Gallagher brand that's appearing now you know on on Instagram you're Ben Gallagher GBR and you're which is quite fitting which we'll come on to in a bit yes very (laughs) you're actively involved in you know charitable efforts you're an ambassador for for various organizations now and you're doing more and more of these speaking engagements so how are you finding aligning 
what you're doing with your ethos and and this broader mission now that you're you're trying to achieve in terms of helping to inspire others but also helping other businesses and charities yeah so that's a good question i think part of it is about giving back um so part of it is about giving back to those that have supported me on my journey and another thing i got asked this uh during a talk a couple of weeks ago was why do i do what i do and there's a number of you know that conversation could go on for a very long time why why do i do what i do but ultimately it comes down to a number of things i want to prove to the people that saved my life on that day that they did the right thing you know i'm still here today because of the actions that they carried out on that day i want to prove to myself and my family my kids my loved ones that i'm capable of pushing forward and continuing to be Ben and be the person that I was in the military and so successful through my military career that I can still be successful even though now I've got a disability and an impairment that I can still go on and and achieve great things and I want to show to other people out there that regardless of what you're going through regardless of what physical or mental injuries or illnesses you're carrying or you know the effects of loved ones or adversity that you have suffered from people close to you that there is still stuff to go and get out there and get involved in. It's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. Yes, it's difficult. I totally understand that. But I want to share my experiences of being able to go on and do good things and be successful and and, and keep pushing forward. And I, I also share is it, you don't have to go through adversity in order to, change your mindset, to change your lifestyle, to change what you want to achieve. You can do that by taking some time out, planning, coming up with some goals, doing a bit of preparation, and then, you know, committing to a mindset change and moving forward in a different manner. So again, that's another thing that I talk about because I get a lot of people in the audience that go, I haven't been for adversity. I haven't suffered complex trauma. I haven't got a mental illness or not that I'm aware of. I don't suffer with mental illness. Why, why do I need to listen to your story, it, you know, in, in inverted commas? But I say, well, because you don't have to go through those things in order. Are you happy at work? You know, are you struggling in life? You know, can you make, do you make, just make ends meet or are you very comfortable? You know, there's, there's a whole proliferate of things that doesn't mean that you have to have suffered adversity or complex trauma or uh, adversity of a loved one or something, somebody close to you or directly yourself. You know, it's about making those mindset changes to live a better and healthier life moving forward. Mm -hmm. So that's ultimately what it all comes down to. Mm -hmm. And you said about the ambassadorships that I'm part of. I've been very fortunate and very privileged to be asked to be ambassadors for a number of charities and organizations. And I love talking to kids. I love sharing my story with kids and the questions that you got. I've got to talk this (laughs) afternoon, actually, um, later this evening with uh, Beavers Troop. Okay. Uh, so, so a young troop of beavers and you get some wacky questions and they're so, <laughs> they're so sweet and innocent. Um, but they're so, but you're planting a seed in their head of a lifestyle and a journey that they will go through. Cause you know, children do, they are very resilient. They do mm-hmm. move forward in life and, you know, <laughs> laughing back at our childhood days back at school. But yeah, yeah. If you if I if I can plant a seed in, you know, just a couple of kids' heads just to go out and try a sport or, 
you know, maybe go and join a cadet unit or mm. your beavers or scouts or mm. girl guides or a rowing club or whatever it may be. Go and go out and do something, embrace something that might help actually build resilience. And this is what it all comes down to. It's about building resilience. And when something does happen in your life, you're better equipped to deal with it. You've got people to go and talk to at your you know, your cadet club, your cadet unit or your beavers or wherever it may be, your rowing club. And it, there's a, there's someone there that you can turn around and go in, Danielle, I'm having a bad day. Mm. You could turn around and go, hey, let's go talk about it. And that, that person could get that, get that thing off their chest and feel better moving forward. And that's what it's about. It's about making people connect or getting people to connect with other people, building, you know, building um, that pot of resilience up. And also making them physically and mentally stronger as human beings in order to deal with that adversity, um, if God forbid it ever happened to them um, as they move forward in life. Yeah, resilience. I love that. And kids are, the the younger they are, the more honest they are as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's very true, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I work with, you know, aside from this, I do lecturing, so I'm working with not kids, but youngsters, you know, young people, and they, they have this candid way of just, they've not entered corporate, <laughs> the corporate world, right, the working world, and they're still very honest and, and naive, and there's this innocence that still comes through because of that that lack of life experience, which in a way is, yeah, sometimes I'm a, I'm a little bit jealous of, but then on the other side of that is growth. And, you know, you're a sports ambassador, aren't you, for the um, Mint Ridge Foundation? So you're actively involved in helping um, young people to develop mental and, and physical fitness, which I think are almost like superpowers, right? If you can be mentally and physically resilient, you've got a bit of a superpower because whatever life throws at you, you can you're better equipped to handle it, right? Um, yeah, and I think that's where I think a lot of my my resilience and come overcoming and getting back on the straight and narrow with what I had to deal with probably came from the things that I got exposed to through my military career, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, being pushed quite hard through uh, physical training, a lot of the training and deployments that I went on mm. um, probably built that pot of resilience. And and a lot of people talked about that resilience when I came out the other side of being diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and said, oh, you're such a resilient person. At the time, I was like, I haven't got a clue what you're going on about. <laughs> like, I know what resilience is, yeah. but I don't, I'm just, I'm just Ben doing his thing. I don't mm. know what you're talking about. And when I actually started to part of the start of the journey for becoming a keynote speaker and and obviously branding myself as 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 who I am today and and developing that moving forward was understanding what resilience is and what resilience really means and part of it you know when i look back part of it you know that part of resilience was built up via my time from being in the military and the things that i got exposed to while serving in the military allowed me to be, you know better cope with complex trauma and adversity and you know he said about Mintridge Foundation yeah I got asked to be an ambassador and a, and a sports uh, mentor for Mintridge Foundation and I'm, I'm I got asked the other day I'm, I'm hopefully going to take on two young boys um, for six months and be their mentor for a six-month period um, and help them along their journey um, of development and you know what what whatever that entails which is which is pretty amazing to be asked to yeah. be someone's mentor um, at such a developmental age 
Um, I wish I'd have had that, you know, at our age at school mm-hmm. um, where I was, I was given the opportunity to be mentored by someone who had done some pretty cool stuff in their life to, to be able to learn and develop from that person and, and, and aid my school years ahead of, you know, moving forward with moving forward with life which is pretty cool that's awesome and i'm sure there's going to be lots of of people young and older that you are going to continue to influence and inspire can you share any specific interactions or experiences that you've had you felt a tangible impact on on someone's life through your talks or through any of the work that you've been doing so i do regularly get messages and people come up to me whether it's after a talk so you know um, people come up and say uh, you know really inspired by what you've talked about i'm going to take this away because i'm struggling with x y and z but one does spring to mind uh, i gave a talk to about 150 200 uh, military personnel and I won't give too much detail around yeah. what the more more about the the scenario itself. But I'd finished packing up, and everyone had left, and this gentleman was stood at the back of the room, so I was doing my bits and pieces and seeing myself out of the room. And and this guy was still stood there. And as I was approaching him to walk past him to head out of the, uh, out of the corridor to leave the building, he said, um, "Can I can I have a word with you?" And I said, "Yeah, of course you can." And uh, he said, thank you for your talk. He said, I'm very inspired by what you said. But if you don't mind, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling at the moment. And I said, okay. I said, you yeah, know, let's, let's sit down and, and we, can, we can chat through it a little bit more, if that's okay with you. And he said, yeah, 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 yeah fine. Um, he said, and I said, okay, what's, you know, what's troubling you? What can I help you with? And he said, long story short, basically all of his peers had all been promoted from um, a senior rank to officer, uh, and in the military we call that uh, late entry commission. So they'd all been commissioned uh, to captain, and he was still a warrant officer. And he was like, "Now all my peers are all officers, and I'm still a warrant officer, and it's really t- starting to take its toll on me. And I'm now chasing this military career in order to catch up with my peers. But in order to do that, I'm." taking more time away from home, which is impacting my family. And um, I'm also committing to more things, which is causing him more stress and time away from work and anxiety and all the other things. And this conversation probably went on for about half an hour. So mm. I've, you know, I've narrowed it down into a couple of minutes. Yeah. But, but he said, you've just proven to me that rank is just rank. My service in the military is, you know, all in all is very good, but it's just, it, it ultimately, it's just a job. It's, it is just a job. Mm. And the most important things is my health and my, my, my loved ones. Mm. And he said, you, through that talk, you've just proven to me or, or made me realize that the things that I need to focus on is myself and my family. And actually what comes around that doesn't really matter. My friends will still be my friends. My family will always still be there for me. Mm. But the military is still just a job and promotion is just rank. And I know it's important to some people, a lot of people in the military, but you've just like, you've just proven to me that they're the things that I really need to focus on and really need to. And actually by focusing on those things, the other things will come naturally anyway as we move Mm. forward so that was that was one for me that was really you know really 
yeah. a direct impact. I've had many people reach out through social media, just saying I'm really struggling just by, you know, watching what you're doing on social media or by knowing me from, you know, from talks or events that I've been involved in or charitable gigs that I've done. I just, uh, you get, I get some people that just say, I just want to reach out and say, you know, thank you. Um, I've been struggling with my relationship or drinking or uh, actually you've realized, you've sort of made me realize that they're not important in life and um, I just need to focus on. So yeah, that, that, that for me was a, was a, was a key one that stands out. Yeah. To have an impact on someone like that, I think it just goes to show that sometimes we don't realize the, the impact of, of our experiences and our words that they can have on people. And this is why it's so important to share them. And, you know, off the back of, of everything, you know, you're building your personal brand now, you know, you're mentoring people, you're working with organizations. What's the plan for Ben Gallagher? What's, for me. <laughs> yeah. What's the plan for you and in, in, in your business as a, a keynote speaker and a mentor? That's a good question. I'm in a bit of a difficult time. Not a difficult time. That sounds wrong. I'm not in a difficult time. I, I'm in a bit of a weird time in my life that I am really enjoying helping, supporting people. Uh, I really enjoy going around schools and colleges and sharing my story with the younger community. I go out, you know, talks to cadet units and you know, I've got the Beavers talk this evening Uh, I've been invited into some corporate events, so sharing my experience with big corporate companies, which is pretty cool. But on the back of all of that, I'm also on the pathway to hopefully, fingers crossed, Mm -hmm. go to Paris Paralympics next year. So I'm very busy training, spending Mm -hmm. a lot of time rowing on the water. Uh, Yeah, it's quite a difficult one. I want Mm -hmm. both of them to run alongside each other together simultaneously but I think in terms of the business like that's what I enjoyed I I enjoy support in events I enjoy helping people Um, I enjoy sharing my story now because I got into it through it helping me so Mm -hmm. I you know I've realized that my story helps other people Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah so it's a good question I need some time to continue doing what I'm doing in order to see what I look like as a brand in terms of, you know, deciding what, what I, what I become, whether I am just Ben Gallagher, I say just Ben Gallagher, (laughs) I am me. Um, uh, But, uh, or whether that turns into a foundation, I'd love to start my own foundation and be able to uh, fundraise and allow people to donate to help me to support other people along along their journeys, Mm. which would be pretty amazing. But I think for now I've got it. I've got it okay for now in terms of you know in terms of how I'm connected and what I've got going on. Um, I ha- actually had a call in the car on the way back from rowing training this morning to go and do a talk in London at the first week of December to a group of fundraising people, which sounds really interesting. So obviously you fundraise for causes that you believe in, like um, you did some fundraising for Walking with the Wounded. And that's a significant part of your journey. How do these charitable efforts tie into your broader mission and the message that you want to kind of get out into the world? The, the support is there. Mm. Um, so again, when I was struggling, I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to open up to people. Actually, what I realized through when I did actually start talking and I got diagnosed with PTSD was that the people that are there 
are there to help you and support you. They're not going to take a personal approach to, you know, mocking you or ridiculing you for your illness or your injuries. They're there to support you. They want to listen to you. They want to support you. And these, you know, these organizations, Royal British Legion is a great one. Walking with the Wounded, another great one that I've done some awesome work with. The Armed Forces Power Snow Sport Team, which gets uh, wounded and sick uh, military personnel um, onto snow or into snow sport. Those people are there. They, um, I know it's, this sounds a bit wrong, but they, 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 they're not bothered about your injuries. They want to support you into getting better. They want to learn about your injuries. They want to learn about what's happened and why you're feeling the way you're feeling um, and why you're going through what you're going through. But they're there to, to help you and to benefit you and make you better. Mm. And I wish I'd known that before I was literally broken to understand that those people are there to reach out to. And, you know, it's not, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to, you know, pick holes in you and yeah. try, you know, oh, you're not worthy of this or whatever it may be. They're there to to help and support you ultimately. Mm-hmm. So it's about sharing that story from, from their perspective and actually being, um, being a fundraiser and an, and an ambassador and a, and a supporter of these charities is to share that knowledge and to say, look, if you are struggling and you can't speak to loved ones, you know, this is more mental health orientated now, but and you can't speak to loved ones and you find that you feel people at work might mock you or ridicule you, which which is part of the stigma, stigma behind mental health, is these charities are out there to support you and listen to you and signpost you to the right um, to the right help and support in order to get you better and get you back on back on the straight and narrow. As a keynote speaker, you have this unique platform that allows you to share your story and that is ultimately what brand is it's you know it's part of it. it's about sharing stories that inspire people to to do something calling them to action i haven't had the pleasure of, of hearing one of your talks I, ho- I hope i get to one day but when you are tailoring your talks and you're talking about helping others to people that are facing adversity and this idea of building mental resilience when someone's in the audience listening what are the key things that you're thinking right i want them to take this away with them today what do you want them to gain the main part of it is the the personable approach that i put behind my talks it's i know this sounds really simple but it, it it's just my story mm. and just by sharing my story in a realistic way and you know there's loads of pictures and and you know picture paints a thousand words if i literally just stood on stage and talked for an hour it'd be a little bit more difficult i'm sure people would take something away because of the way i explain it and it's just i'm just sharing my story but by having the pictures on the screen as well it adds more to that dynamic and i think that that's what people connect with and that's what i found that people connect with is it is just my story delivered in a Ben Gallagher way. It's just mm. me talking on the stage, talking about, and every talk is different. I could deliver the same presentation to two corporate companies and the talk will go differently every time. And that's that's the other thing I like about it because every time there's little snippets of bits of information along the story that I'll remember to share with one, but I won't remember to share with another one, but yeah. I put something else in instead. Yeah. So yeah. that's the other thing. It's very, it's very real. It's very personal. And I think that's what a lot of people connect with mm. is it's not, bra- I know it's, it is branded, but it's not, it's not branded in a way as, you know, I, I've got a, a title. Mm. Um, it's you, it is, 
it is me you, and you it are, is you are my... your brand um, that's it yeah yeah okay. um and i think that's what people connect with and that's what people that's what people uh resonate with is mm. is that that the way it comes across and the way it is just my story and mm. i know that sounds i'm dumbing it down it's like but it is just my story and that's the way it's delivered to people listening if you could give them one takeaway you know one thing to kind of the biggest lesson that you've learned what's the one thing that you could kind of say actually this is a lesson that my job being in the army it has has taught you but you think maybe everybody should learn at some point in their life one thing i say is life is too short i know that sounds cliche and sin like you know <laughs> life is too short if you're not enjoying it if you if you're unhappy only you can make those changes so ultimately enjoy life and and that's and that's part of what i'm doing now is i'm talking because it helps me and helps me enjoy life because i get rewarded by helping and supporting others mm. so that's me enjoying life that's me supporting other people it's giving back so yeah the biggest thing is is be happy and enjoy life because yeah. You know, time is the one thing that we all don't get back. I know loved ones uh, is another thing, but the, the ultimate thing is you as an individual, clothes we can replace, personal possessions we can replace. The one thing that we can't replace is time. Once it's gone, it's gone. Mm. So actually by by making the most of everything that we do, uh, and I get some people have bad days and some people have days where it's just about getting through the day or the week because it's a busy week at work or whatever it may be. Ultimately, enjoy enjoy life, make the most of it. Uh, once time is gone, it's gone and you'll regret when you get to 65 years old and you retire uh, and you've worked all them years to get to 65 or probably by the time we get to 65, retirement yeah, retirement yeah. age will be another 5 or yeah. 12 It'll years. It'll be on like top of 75 by the time we retire. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, by that time, you, yeah. you know, you've worked all them years to put yourself in a position where you're too old to enjoy a lot of the stuff that we enjoy at our age or younger. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like enjoy life, make the most of opportunities, mm. embrace mm. opportunities um, and be happy. Uh, but only it all comes down to you as an individual. Only you can control that. Yes, you can be influenced by other people um, and you can ask for help and support from other people in order to uh, in order to be better, in order to be happier. But ultimately, it all starts with you asking the question. It all starts. It all continues with you making the decisions and it all finishes with you making that mindset change and embracing a new journey and a new you know, a new way forward. And it's the same, I suppose you could transfer that to, to industry and corporate companies and, and individuals yeah. starting their own endeavor is find something that you're passionate about. And I'm passionate about talking, I'm passionate about helping others. So that's that's why my brand fits for me. Mm. But if you're a nail technician, a barber, if that's what you're passionate about, be passionate about it, enjoy it, be happy, brand yourself in that way. You know, and and that's that's what it's all about, and that's mm. that's you're going to go through life then, earning money, being happy doing so. Yeah. And then when you get to seventy five, which yeah. probably what retirement age will be when we <laughs> retire, you know, you'll have had a good life getting to there. You'll have made mm. made the most of your time. Mm. You'll have met some amazing people along the way, and you'll have enjoyed doing what you've done to get to that stage. Yeah. Do you think you'll be doing the marathon disables when you, when you retire? <laughs> 
I could be the oldest person to do it, couldn't I? You could be. I mean, you've done it. You've done it once. You could do it again. Well, who knows? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably still be rowing when I'm 75. I hope you are. I hope you are, because I know how much you love it. Yeah. No, it is pretty cool. But yeah, again, that's another thing. You know, we we go through life with regrets. We're all a fool of that um, to some degree or another. But that's another thing is don't don't live with regrets. Like if you've got a, if you're thinking of doing something, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Let's let's take the you know the the idea of opening a barber shop. You know, someone's come up with this. They're passionate about cutting hair. They really like you know meeting people and working in the local community and maybe supporting others along the way whilst they do so. But they're just not sure about committing from doing mobile barbering to opening a salon in the the local village. Mm. They've got the support and the backing from all their clients. They've got the support and the backing from their family and friends, but they're just not sure. What's the worst that can happen? My clients. (laughs) (laughs) You told me to say this, right? (laughs) But, um, but but what is the go and go and have a go at it and, it's a and all your story it's so so yeah. familiar this fear of failure oh it's massive the word yeah. failure yeah is something that comes up every time i talk and that's both with kids you the you know the younger community and in corporate companies mm. and you know my comeback to failure is failure is so important so important to all of us because Again, going to the, the barbershop analogy, if we're not failing, we're not trying. Yeah. And actually by failing, you know, failure is about learning and developing yeah. as, as human yeah. beings. Yeah. So by having a go at something, you're going to learn and you're going to develop. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. the whole thing might not be a failure, but actually you might fail along the way and, yeah. and learn from those things yeah. and actually open a really positive, yeah. really beneficial barbershop in the local community that does really well and starts to host little events in there and and you know it it might in one particular aspect of trying there might be a failure but there might be like hundreds of other wins that have happened along the way because people become so focused and transfixed on that one particular thing on the end they forget about paying attention to the journey and all the other things that they tried and overcame those are all wins yeah i think if nothing else for for those listening today feel the failure and do it anyway <laughs> yeah just have a go like yeah. that's something i say to a lot of people like just have a go mm. have a go at something at least you can say you've tried it yeah. and and you don't like it or yeah. it's not for you yeah. or or you're going to pursue something and then you're going to pursue something else rather than going oh what if yeah. What if? What if I'd have just? You get to retirement age, and it's a bit late, then, isn't it? Right. And, so, and that's the other I, thing. Yeah, and that's the thing. I I I look ahead and think, okay, when I get to, and hopefully I will, sixty-five, seventy-five. Do I want to look back and wish I'd have given those things a go that I knew in my heart of hearts I wanted to do? But fear mm-hmm. stopped me. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing and trying to inspire people to to take the plunge and start that thing and start that business or leave that job or whatever it is. Learn to go, leave a company and go yeah, out the road, go and do and, their own and, thing and do it. So you know your testament to that, Ben. Thank you so much for coming on today sharing your story thank you for your honesty yeah it's been really nice speaking to you thanks for coming on the show 
and thanks for having me and yeah it's been great to share my story and hopefully someone out there listening will hopefully uh have a go at something and live with those attempts at trying something rather than the oh what if what if i just so yeah but no thanks for having me on and it's great to great to share my story Thank you for listening to Build Better Brands. I am so grateful to have you tune in into the show and I'd love to thank you personally. So wherever you are in the world, remember to tag at Danielle Clark Creative in your social media posts and stories. Let us know when you're listening. You want to know what you've enjoyed about the show and give you a shout out. And if you would like to help more people like you discover the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It's going to help us rank higher and reach more listeners. It's also a great way for us to help you with the problems your brand might be facing. Suggest a topic in your review and we might feature it and you in one of our episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.